Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I just want to let you know a couple of things, ladies and gentlemen. It's important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different. The challenges you face in life is different. So I bring people on the show to talk about their journeys, their, their missteps, their success stories, because in the process of creating success stories, there are missteps. And you need to understand that there are some valleys as well as there's some peaks in your journeys to success. My next guest is a Houstonian. I'm from Houston, so I'm always happy to bring on a fellow Houstonite onto the show. It's Chris Gaston. Chris Gaston finally founded Family First Sports Firm with his wife in 2019. The agency Family First focuses on empowerment, economic growth, and black excellence. The agency represents DeAndre De'Aaron De- 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 Fox of the, uh, that's just correct, I said it right. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox of the Sacramento Kings. Gaston has signed the largest contract in the Sacramento Kings franchise history, five years, $163 million, and then secured a $4 million deal for Damian Dotson, former U of H grad. That's why I went to school. And the toughest free agent market in NBA history. He's now with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He originally started out the New York Knicks. Gaston made his way in the industry through player development, working with many of the top players in the NBA, college, and high school. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation, a man who understands relationships, Mr. Hmm. Chris Gaston. Yes, sir, man. Well, man, pleasure to have me, man. Didn't know you was a Houston native, so it's always <laughs> good talking to a fellow Houston guy. You know, we're very proud. You know, we wear that, that H symbol on our, on our hearts, man, wherever we go. Well, you have to. You know, I, I'll also be broadcasting on KTSU, so this show will be airing on okay. KTSU in the Houston market on uh, every Tuesday from 12 to 1. So I make sure this episode airs in the Houston market. So, you know, again, you have a brand that you develop. And I, I, and I started that out by saying relationships, because when you talk about working with NBA players or top college players in NBA college and high school, talk mm-hmm. about your journey right quick, Chris, because everybody wants to be an agent, but you can be an agent. But if you don't have the relationships, then you don't right. have talent to sign to these big deals that we just talked about in your opening credits. Man, being an agent is all about relationships, man. And, you know, these relationships don't happen. It's just like building trust. You can't build trust overnight. So these relationships are 10, 15, 20 years in the making. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not an overnight success. Right. You know, I, I started, man, I, I grinded from the bottom. You know, right. I started working out high school girls. Mm-hmm. You know, then I was blessed enough that, you know, a guy that I called, you know, like my little brother, a guy by the name of Tommy Mason Griffin. Mm-hmm. Been knowing him since he was in the second or third grade. Mm-hmm. You know, I started working with him and he turned out to be a McDonald's All-American, you know, out of Madison High School, right. the same high school I went to. And mm-hmm. um, it kind of snowballed from there, man, to just working guys out, um, started an AAU program, thought I wanted to be a college coach. That didn't work <laughs> out. And it just it kept growing and growing. I just kept grinding and grinding. This is, you know, this is years and years of relationships to get to this point. So, you know, everybody wants to be a Rich Paul or a Jeremy Bryant, and they could just wake up overnight and take a test, become an agent. No, it's not that simple, man. Well, if Rich Paul easy, had, the, uh, he had the ultimate relationship that's uh, called LeBron James. And that's a, yeah. him, Maverick, and uh, LeBron. That's a great story about uh, right. black men who started out in high school, who built a uh, sports empire, a media empire, 
and a uh, philanthropic uh, empire. Uh, as we all know, LeBron was very influential in the uh, movement and civil rights unrest that uh, civil unrest that happened this summer, as well as the getting out to vote. And so, how does that play into your agency? Because we talk about your agency, it focuses on empowerment, economic mm-hmm. growth, and black excellence. Let's start with the empowerment part. Well, the empowerment is first. I have to empower myself. Yes, <laughs> because people that look like me, that walk and talk like me, that wear their hair in you know any type of style they want, mm-hmm. they don't get opportunities in this business. They're right. stereotyped. They're judged. It's just hard. Like you know, majority of the men on the court, players on the court, are African American or minorities. But majority of the business that happens off the court, people handling these guys' careers are white men, and right. it's just lopsided. And you know, I've been hell bent on changing that and giving you know, all minorities and women a chance and empowerment in this business. So um, I'm not slant to hiring one person or another, but I, I but I do, I am big on hiring minorities and people who normally wouldn't get a chance to work in this industry. That's very important to me. I can, I can relate to you. You know, I, I manage yep. Steve Harvey, my background, Steve Harvey. Talents like Steve Harvey doesn't get associated with talents like me, which right. means that people of color. I currently manage Stephen A. Smith, a, a high profile a person in the media, especially on the NBA mm-hmm. side with ESPN and yep. negotiated contracts. So it's all that part about negotiating, being in that doorway, being able to look at individuals that are represented by uh, majority firms. When I say majority firms like CAA, uh, William Morris, or UTA, and uh, other other sports agencies that, are, that get out there and get the athlete first. And then usually what happens, they have the ability to court them longer. It especially right. happens in the football industry, but also in the basketball industry, a little bit different because of the fact that there's a nurturing process, AAU pro- programs, or IMG kind of setting it up where they got people, they got you go down there and participate in their camps. So, but you got in with Mr. Fox, who's out of Houston, and yes, Damian Dotson, who went to University of Houston. So these are two people Houston-based. Talk about how you established your relationship with uh, Fox, because they also were two talented twins out of uh, the Houston market that Harrison also went twins. to, they went to Kentucky. And, uh, and a lot was expected of those two young men, uh, you know, because they were they were much of ballyhooed. In fact, they were, they were even more ballyhooed than their De'Aaron was when he came out. De'Aaron, when they oh, came yeah, out. these guys, they had all the hype around them. But I can't speak. I don't know specifically what happened with those guys. I mean, they were great players. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, the NBA is hard. It just didn't pan out for those guys. But as far as my relationship with, with Damian Dyson, he's actually family. Um, he's my wife's cousin. So I met him when I first started dating my wife. When Damian was back in sixth, sixth or seventh grade. Right. <laughs> but he was just, yeah, he was just with me everywhere. He wasn't a big-time prospect or, like mm-hmm. you said, a ballyhoo recruit. He was a guy we just put our head down and went to work every day. We grinded. I mean, we went, he went through some trials and tribulations at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Get to transfer to the University of Houston. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my relationship with De'Aaron Fox started when he was in the eighth grade. I had my own AAU program, and one of my friends that was going to be his coach after high school said, uh, you should have come let this kid play for a tournament on your 17 and under program. I was like, I'm not letting no eighth grade kid come play with these juniors and seniors. They were like, no, you should let him come play. He's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I let him come play one tournament. And that was all she wrote. You know, we've been attached, <laughs> attached at the hip ever since. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that's the difference between me and Rich Paul. A lot of people try to compare us. Rich Paul, per se, was these guys' peers and kind of grew up with them and hung out with those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, me and Darren, we weren't peers. I was a, 
I was a man. He was a child. You know, mm-hmm. I was more of a mentor, a big brother. Mm-hmm. And now obviously that he's older, we've grew into a, a different type of relationship. But I wasn't some guy hanging out at the club with him and calling and texting him. Like, no, I was a professional businessman. Like, this wasn't like, you know, some homeboy hookup type stuff. Like, but it's, it's, but it's all right about trust, though. Side. It's all about trust because you started earlier. You know, when I, when I started reading your resume, Chris, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, coaching, a, a lot of discipline in your life, a lot of development, a lot of motivation comes yes, out sir. of your resume, you know, when I look at it. And let's talk mm-hmm. about, let's walk through these steps because I'm not trying to uh, bash anybody on this show when I talk about the Harrison twins because, mm-hmm. but that's how this business is. You you, you can come out much ballyhoo. They went to Kentucky, had an incredible career, but then flaws in their game started to pop up, you know, right. could it could they handle the rock? Who's, what position is he going to play? Does he right. play good deep? But when I looked at Fox's game, I remember when he played against uh, Ball, who was much belly-hooed out of UCLA. And there was mm-hmm. much talk after he clowned him. I mean, he clowned Ball, you know, in the, in the tournament. That, okay, is Ball or Fox should go, as we see now, Fox should have went number two and right. not Ball, who's been a very competent player. But again, hype can. How do you slice through the hype? Because I remember emotionally, I was really charmed by by uh, De'Aaron when he was crying on TV after that loss. After you know, loss. I was really that well, way. man, with hype, we we try to block out the noise, man, mm-hmm. because there's gonna be so many people in your ears, so many people telling you how good you are. Right. We always want more, man. De'Aaron's dad and his mom, they did a great job of keeping him. Oh, absolutely. Humble, I remember after his fresh in his freshman year in high school. De'Aaron had a 52-point game, 52 right. points. Mm-hmm. And all his dad was fussing about that the game was, uh, you missed these rebounds, you missed these loose <laughs> balls, you missed these free throws. Let's go to the gym tonight and shoot free throws. Right. So it's about keeping, keeping, you know, and it's hard to stay humble when you're getting all these press clippings, all these rankings and stuff. So that's why your, your supporting circle, your people around you, your family, they are very crucial to a player's development. You got to keep these guys humble, you know. To your point, the Harrison Twins had a lot of hype and – um, I mean, it just didn't work out. I mean, the NBA is hard business. Like you said, they got nitpicked when they got to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of question marks about their game. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work out. But, you know, you but have to stay humble. You have to block out the noise. You cannot get caught up in the hype. I've seen a, the number one pick, Anthony Bennett, in 2013. is out of the NBA now. So <laughs> I tell people, don't get caught up in the rankings or what pick you go. The job is to get in the league and stay in the league, you know. Well, you know, and, some, some and, people, and, they get and, too caught up in the rankings and who's what, but we don't get caught up in that. We don't well, follow well, that. The, the thing about it, so so with that being said, because that's 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 De'Aaron, okay? Here's a guy, Butch Belly Hoop. And then you go to mm-hmm. Damian Dotson. You yeah. know, when he left U of H, you know, uh, and he made the New York Knicks team. I was doing mm-hmm. tough defense, and he has a good outside shot. Good three yep. point. So he had talk about that process because that was a different motivation process because Fox was a lottery pick. So there's a certain amount yep. of guarantees. You know, he wasn't gonna get cut his first year. Right. We knew that. Right. But Damien yep. went in, talk about that process and getting him on the New York Knicks, and now he's over at Cleveland now. But I was so proud because he was he's a really talented NBA player. Right. Well, with Damien, you know, we have a motto, man. All we know is work. You know, dream big, <laughs> work hard, let God right. do the rest. And right. so that was kind of our motto. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna put, we're gonna work as hard as we can, and wherever the chips may fall, we're gonna we're gonna be happy with that. Right. So his process was very different. Coming out of the University of Houston, there were no guarantees. Mm-hmm. We packed our bags. We went to L.A. We started training. Mm-hmm. He had to go to the 
a camp called the Portsmouth Invitational, the PIT, which is for the top seniors in the country. Absolutely. And he went there. He balled out. He mm -hmm. won MVP of the tournament. And mm -hmm. from there, he got invited to the Chicago Combine, which mm -hmm. is for the top 60 uh, prospects in the NBA draft. He played well there. Mm -hmm. um, and he, we had several NBA workouts lined up for him. He played. He did. What, I mean, each step, he knocked it out the park. And mm -hmm. I mean, it was a grind. It's grueling. It's mentally taxing. But he's built for this, man. And, you know, that's the reason why he's sticking in the NBA today, because he just has that fortitude to, to fight through adversity. Let's let's talk about that. The sticking in the NBA. These guys are giving a lot of money mm -hmm. to to how do you you know, and I'm I'm a guy, you know, I'm a financier, you know, I, I my name my show money making conversations. And so <laughs> I always believe that some of these young men should just be they could be the, the money they make their first year should be put in a fund where they can just be deliver live a lifestyle of comfort. For the rest of their, right. for the rest of their life, really, it can't be done that way. How right. do you deal with these situations from a financial standpoint? You're the agent now. There are different lanes out there. I would just let everybody know: an agent yep. lane, there's a financial lane, there's a branding person, there's a talent agent. There's a lot of different lanes. What all does your firm encompass? Well, my firm, we come, we handle marketing endorsements, actually contract negotiations. Uh, we do have several different business managers and financial advisors we work with. We don't pick the person for them. We let those guys interview those mm -hmm. guys and pick them. But we do have a few guys that we trust. And, um, you know, those guys are on the budget. And at the end of the day, when people say they point fingers, you're the reason is why God went. At the end of the day, it's all on the player. You can yes. advise them to do, don't do X. The financial advisor can tell them, hey, this is your budget. But at the end of the day, it's their money. And they're going to do what they want to do with their money. So it's up to them to take the advice from the financial advisor, from the business manager, and stay within their budget, stay within reason. Because like these guys are making a lot of money. They can live a comfortable lifestyle and not go crazy. Let me ask you and this. The way a lot of guys go broke, honestly, is not by buying. You really can't. If you're making $30 million a year, you're not going to go broke buying a couple of Bentleys and Ferraris. Right. The way people go broke, honestly, is loaning out money. That adds up going to the club um, in investments. You know, everybody's coming to with these million dollar ideas and it sounds good, but that's the way a lot of players that win broke is investing their money in, in the wrong things. Got any plans this afternoon? Check out People Every Day, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and People. We'll break down the day's most talked about stories, bring you exclusive interviews. We had a free throw shooting contest and Amal made 17 free throws straight and beat us all. And introduce you to real people who are making a difference in their communities. Listen and subscribe to People Every Day on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Yeah, investing their money in, in, in car washes, investing their money yep. in nightclubs, investing their money in movie ideas. I know that. I've been in the business a long time. I've seen this money flow out. Everybody wants to be a rapper. Everybody wants a sound studio. Everybody hears that yep. that final product, you know, say, hey, man, this person here is going to be the next, you know, next, next. But that doesn't mean right. that's reality. And so when right. I look at talent like yours, that you are, that's where the father figure comes in. That's where the maturity comes in. Like you said, you are a man and you're a man who's a, who's benefited from watching people make these mistakes and also player development. Let's talk through right. these, let's walk through these player development steps that you talk about and these camps you put in place. Right. So my bread and butter when I got in the business was player development, you know, AKA working guys out training. And I never just call it training. I call it player development because we were doing more than just working out. 
Mm-hmm. We've been in a relationship. We're talking about life. We're talking about girls, God, school. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say player development instead of training. Mm-hmm. Training is a word I feel they use to put you in a box where like this is all you can do. Right. But um, player development, that was my bread and butter, man. I studied it. I, I learned it from, you know, one of my mentors is a guy by the name of Ansar Elamine. He's a look. Not many people know him. <laughs> Matter of fact, he's a he's a head coach at a, a small NIA school in Florida, but he's one of my mentors. He's kind of like a hoops whisperer. He was kind of a training guru, man. I learned mm-hmm. a lot from him. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I cut my teeth at, just on the floor, working guys out. And I didn't take it for granted. You know, each player that I had in the gym, whether you were a high school kid or an NBA player, you know, I would go home, study your game, watch film and break it up. And I'll be up all night and, Studying, trying to see how can I make this player, how can I elevate his game, what can I do? Yeah, it's really so that's, interesting. That's why I really cut my teeth. Is on, you know, because I want to talk about that out. because you know, I, I'm just gonna tell you, Chris. I thought I was a hoopster. I thought I had game. You know, I I was so arrogant. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I was all park, as they say, because I never played high school ball. But I was all park. You know, Fundy. It was all YMCA, huh? Oh, come on, no Fundy. You know, I go down to McGregor Park. I had all the the, the best black parks back in the day. I was there. I walked yep. on the court, you know, I was first pick. First pick on the sideline, Rashad, come on. <laughs> I want you, I want you. But then I was stupid too, because I didn't understand the fundamentals of the game. I didn't right. understand the, and that's that's what we're talking about right now, because I, one thing I've learned when you play street balls, yes, there were players out there that were probably better than the Keem Elijah ones. There are players out there that probably, I'll jump Dominique Wilkins. Right. They're probably physically better than LeBron James. I don't or, know about that. You might be going too far with it, man, but I get your point. What you're no, saying? No, 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 come on now. That's some really talented guys on the on the on the on the. Let's um, just go be real, Chris. On the streets. Come on, let's really go be real, Chris. Guys. I'm talking about street ball. I'm talking about yeah. that. hitting these parks. It's some guys out there, man, that can yeah. leap. It's some guys out there can do like they, like they had that contest that was on TNT. All these guys who could dunk. Oh, they yeah, can dunk a ball. Yep. They can do 360s. They can flip the ball over the back, but they can't play the game. And that's what I'm getting at with me. I was talented, but I couldn't play the game. I didn't understand that player development part of that you were talking about, working with the team. That's why I say – I. that's what I'm saying is that you – understood it and that's what you're doing that that like you said that basketball whisperer being able to right. articulate what make what with the next step for different players how do you get in their head and how do we eventually listen to you they do they learn from the little notes that you give them so oh, that makes sense because that's a whole it's that's just, a huge trust it's factor. just the little nuances man some mm-hmm. some guys I never raise my voice. I never yell. Right. I rarely cur- curse. You mm-hmm. know, some guys like to scream and yell and get over here. You know me. I just talk to them. I, right. just, I literally mm-hmm. talk to them and, right. you know, break stuff down. Hey, did you see the way Giannis did a one, two into his pull up? We right. want to do the same thing. You know, he'll, well, I say a little phrase like, you know, he'll toe, explode into your jump shot. Mm-hmm. Or, and, you know, elementary things, hand in the cookie jar when you're yeah. shooting. Or <laughs> make sure when you're crossing over, get your shoulder to the defender's hips. Just little key points mm-hmm. that when they start playing, they can hear they, my voice in their head. Oh, I'm right. about to go by this guy. Let me make sure I get low, protect the ball. It's just little small nuances. Right. It's nothing crazy and over the top. It's just being a head. And the main thing for these guys to trust you is you got to have a relationship with them. Right. They don't have a relationship with you. They're not going to trust you with their most precious thing, which is the basketball, with, which is with their game. Okay, so, cool. I think that's a lot of people miss out on the relationship part. Okay, cool. Those are the best coaches. They have a relationship with their players. Right. Players are run through a brick wall for them. Right. You know? 
Now, we talked about empowerment. Sorry, Let's go to economic understand. growth. Let's talk about that from your firm. I'm talking to Chris Gaston. He has an amazing company out of Houston, Texas. It was founded in 2019 with his wife called Family First Sports Firm. Talk, we talked about empowerment at your firm. Let's talk about economic growth. Yeah, I didn't hear the last part you cut off. I, I apologize. As we were talking about your firm, you know, that you founded in 2019 called Family yes, First Sports Firm. We talked about empowerment. Let's talk about the economic growth that you deal with your players. Right. Well, one thing we want to do is we want to put the dollar black back in the uh, black community. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we, we want to invest in small businesses. We want to support um, young entrepreneurs. We want to get, like I said, we want to we're a voice for the unheard. We want to speak for the unheard, man. Right. And it's not saying we're not going to deal with big companies and stuff. I mean, we got to deal with Nike. We got we do deals with Red Bull. So that's not to say we're not dumb. We're not stupid. Right. When we say economic growth, we want to put the dollar black in, back in the black community. You know, right. we want these players to help their family out, but do it in a way that's going to create growth. Not just say, man, mama, here go $100,000. Right. Like, no, mama. <laughs> We're going to create a company or right. a S Corp or LLC. You're going to be, you know, create a foundation and grow it. You know, not just here goes some money. Like, no, take this money and multiply it. You know, right. make it times 10, you know, 10x and grow it into something else. So that's what we mean when we say economic growth. Just teaching these players financial literacy and, you know, financial and, growth. And that's where so many, not just in basketball, but in all sports, the financial literacy part fails so many because they don't have mentors. Because I consider you a mentor, too, to these young men, yep. because as, as well as a, a, an agent representative. So black excellence, you know, I, I hear black excellence throughout your voice. I hear the ability to give back to the black community. That's all part of the empowerment. Now, we right. went through a, a very amazing season that happened this year because of COVID-19 and civil unrest. We saw mm -hmm. the actual NBA walk off the court. Based, right. based on the, the incident that happened in Milwaukee. How did your players deal with that? And how did you deal with it, Chris? Um, it was a very emotional time. Uh, as you know, Damian Dotson, he went to Yates High School, which is yes. the, he grew up in the same neighborhood, same high school as George Floyd. Mm -hmm. So that hit close to home. And, you know, Stephen Jackson, you know, he's a good friend of mine. He's one of the people I started in the business, one of the first NBA players I started working out. Uh, you know, the, he was very close to George Floyd. I mean, they mm -hmm. called each other twins. So, that I mean, that hit home for us. That hit close to home. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, one of the players that I knew from Yates High School, George Floyd was his cousin, which I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so that hit close to home. So we participated in the marches in Houston. Um, Fox, you know, we went up and flew up to Sacramento, participated in, the, in peaceful protests. And I say peaceful because, you know, we weren't the ones rioting and looting. But that's mm -hmm. a story for another day. But mm -hmm. We participated in a peaceful protests in Sacramento, and um, we just got, encouraged our players to vote and speak out on any issues. Fox mm -hmm. was very vocal on um, his issues, and uh, even he even wore anti-racist on the back of his jersey in the bubble. Mm -hmm. You know, so all our players were very outspoken and you know very vocal about the movement um, that was that's going on. Now that's really important because of the fact that the, the you know social media plays a role in that. You know, because you have to be conscious of social media can be uh, a double-edged sword. You know, you can post the wrong thing and then all of a sudden people criticizing for you, post the right thing and get increase the engagement that you want. What, right. what, 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 what message are you trying to 
allow your players to, to put out there. Like say, you, you talked about community involvement, you talk about black excellence, you talk about economic growth, we talk about empowerment. But mm. what in your company, you know, because you say family first. What does that mean when you say family first? Family first is exactly what it means. Your family is first. Now, just like a real family, you're not going to always disagree. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, I mean, excuse me, you're not going to always agree. You're right. not always going to be on the same page. But at the end of the day, you know, it's all love. You know, we all in it together for the coming for the coming good. So that's exactly what it means. And family first means, you know, empowering your people. Mm-hmm. It's OK to grow with the people that got you to where you are. You know, in most agencies, most companies, I see guys make it to a certain status and then the agency takes it from there, like, okay, we got it from here now, you know. Right. Uh, your, your youth coach, your AU coach, your mama, your daddy, you know, they helped you get to this point, but now they're done. You know, we got it from here. Right. Now, now obviously, the player is going to grow and they're not going to be as dependent upon their family and um, things of that nature. But we still try to do things to make sure that the family is important. Like when Darren signed his uh, max contract, you know, we had a big, it's a picture on Instagram. We had a big family celebration right. <laughs> in, in Houston, you know, all black attire. Mm-hmm. There's probably over 30 people there, mm-hmm. you know. So, and we, you know, we celebrated together as a family, not me and De'Aaron in a private room by ourself, you know, mm-hmm. popping a bottle. No, we celebrated with everybody that was important in his life. You know, we celebrated that together. That was an accomplishment for everybody because it takes a village. Well, it takes a village, but it also lives in a different city, Sacramento. And he's born and raised in uh, Houston, Texas. How does that allow him to be the person he wants to be? Because Sacramento is a much smaller environment as far mm-hmm. as uh, population. It's not as, I want to say, uh, African-American friendly as the, right. the city of Houston is. So how does he deal with that, Mr. Fox? Um, he's a very smart dude. He's a very cultural dude. And like I say his parents have done a mm-hmm. great job of keeping him grounded. Mm-hmm. His mom has a foundation, Foxhole Family Foundation, that supports breast cancer awareness because she's a breast cancer survivor. I've read about that. Yes, I And do. the dad started the AAU team, Team Fox, you know, mm-hmm. for seven and eighth graders. Mm-hmm. So that keeps him connected to the city of Houston. That keeps mm-hmm. him grounded. He comes back and supports the AAU program, comes back to tournaments. He comes back to events that his mom's doing. So that keeps him very connected and tied to the city of Houston. Now, your firm. You have two athletes we continue to have talked about. How do you recruit future athletes? Or I know, first of all, you can't reveal certain things on this show. But how do you go about recruiting the next Damian Dotson, the next De'Aaron Fox? Right. Well, I said, I want to leave my other two guys out as well. I have two guys that are currently in the NBA, Fox and Dotson. I have one former NBA player who spent uh, four years in the NBA, Eric Moreland. He actually won a ring with the Toronto Raptors. He's currently playing in China. Mm-hmm. And then I also represent Josh Nebo, who's a rookie, who he decided not to uh, try the NBA or the G League route. He's playing in Israel right now. Mm-hmm. So I have two guys playing international and two guys that are currently in the NBA. And how go about recruiting? It's all about relationships, man. I don't do a lot of time wasting. I don't just DM random guys like, hey, come, hey what's, up, what's your name? <laughs> right, right. I have a lot of relationships. Right. Uh, built all over the country through mm-hmm. AU coaches and mm-hmm. high school coaches, college coaches. And I just reach out to my contacts. I kind of check the board and see who would be a good fit. Right. And then I, you know, reach out to the necessary people, you know. Now I've heard about the the European, the China, the Israel. Let's talk about those because that's 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 a that's a it's some it's some players that play their entire their life. In fact, you know, uh Stefan Marbury went over to China and became the, the biggest talent that he ever was in the US. So yep. let's talk about before we wrap up, I don't wanna 
Uh, we have the G League, of course, that's tied to the NBA. And the NBA is also saying they're allowing veterans to come into the NBA, the G League this year, something they weren't doing in the past. And so right. now let's talk about going overseas, the benefits of going overseas, and also it not being like a, a death kill to your career. Well, going overseas, you got to make a conscious choice. It's like, man, I'm, I'm not – chasing that NBA dream no more. If it happens, it happens. Mm -hmm. But now I want to make money and I'm trying to feed my family. Yes. So the G League is for guys that are still chasing the NBA dream because you're getting paid minimal money, but it's like, man, I'm one step away from the NBA. I'm going to keep chasing it. Mm -hmm. And I tell young guys that's kind of on the edge, hey, give yourself a chance. Go to G League for two or three years while you're still young, 21, 22, 23. After two or three years, you got to do, you know, you got to make a business decision and go right. ahead and you know, try to build a financial future for you and your family. And so that's what Eric Moreland did. He he played in the NBA for four or five years. He won a championship. And now he's making, you know, last year he made seven figures in China. And this year he's making high six figures. So he's he's doing really well for himself. Now, that's really what it's all about. You know, in the end, it's about, uh, you know, you let's, 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 let's move back to NBA name. It's a business. It's like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I have a job. You have a job. Okay. The NBA playing basketball. That's your skill. You know, some people are engineers. Some people are artists. Some people are teachers. Some people are doctors. They right. play basketball for a living. So China and Israel gives them an opportunity to do what they are skilled best to do, to play basketball, put the ball in the hole. So right. that's what we're talking about right now. It's, it's the business side. And don't get caught up into, man, if I don't make an NBA, Man, I, I, what I'm going to do? Well, you can do a lot. You can go overseas and make a, a profitable living, especially And then when you look at the WNBA, the women over there, they make more money in the European leagues than they make yep. in the WNBA league. And so, and, and what did you say earlier? You said you play at the parks and funding. How much did you get paid to do that? I was all park free. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I tell these guys. Y'all will be at home playing for free anyway. So don't right. don't get it twisted. Like right. this is a great living to wake up and play basketball every day. And that's y'all be at the YMCA at the local yes. boys and girls club playing for free anyway because you love the game. That's why so I want to forget it. You're getting paid to do something that you love. That's why I wanted to bring you on the show because of the fact that you know we 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 know about the rich pauls out there and the other agencies out there. But I've been first of all you're in Houston. I wanted to shine light on you at being in Houston. And plus, mm -hmm. you're a real dude. I did my background on you, said, Rashawn. They said, let's go, Chris. He keeps it real. You know, he is who he is. And uh, and, and, and he's he's been fortunate and blessed to be attached to the very talented guys who are playing in the NBA. But like I said, I only brought up Damien's, you know, Damien's name and De'Aaron's name because it was part of your bio that was sent over to me. Right. The most fascinating part of your relationship are the two players that are playing in China and playing in Israel because it goes back to the business side of the game, the business side of the industry. You know, Kobe Bryant's dad. Kobe was born in Italy. The reason he was born in Italy because his dad was playing in Italy. Man, and so overseas, yeah. this is not something short-term going overseas. It's not a negative spirit. A lot of players are, are bypassing high school and playing in Australia, playing yep. overseas instead of saying, I'm going to a G League, or I'm going to give up my one year in college. I'm going to go play with some grown men. Right. And that's what it's all about. So what's yep. the future of Family First Sports Firm, my friend? Uh, everybody always asks me that. I'm like, be honest, wherever God leads me, man, um, I'm taking it day by day, client by client. Um, I have a lot of new exciting things that yes. I can't announce yet, but that are going to be, you know, coming pretty soon. Some new groundbreaking things that I don't think no other agency has that are doing. So I'm always thinking outside of the box mm -hmm. and I was thinking, how can I be different? 
You know, while the whole industry is going right, I want to make sure I'm going to left, make sure I'm going the opposite way. And, you know, every client, every player is not going to be for family first. This is for people who believe in themselves and who are confident and who are about empowerment. And, you know, you know, some people want the comfort of, man, I'm going to CAA or Rock Nation. You know, they got the big name. But there's some people that's like, man, you know, I want to be groundbreaking. Yes. I want to be different. Yes. I want to go on a roster where, you know, I'm just a name on the on the wall. I'm one of 40 clients. Right. You know, I want to go somewhere. I'm going to get individualized attention and where I'm going to be an important key piece. Well, I like what you said, individualized attention, because that's yes, what sir. you get when you go to these big agencies. You don't get. I apologize. You don't get. You can be yes, uh, a forgotten piece. If you don't get the contract, they won't nurture your next step. And that's what uh, you do at your firm. And I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. Share your story. And I'm proud of you, man. And uh, anytime these little, you know, these little, these, these little projects that you want to announce, please come on Money Making Conversations. What I like okay. to do, this is what I like to do, Chris. And next time, let's bring your wife on the show, too. Because okay. she for helped sure, you man. found this firm. Sure. And so I love doing that power couple. Uh, uh, interviews. And so next time you come on the show, let's bring her on the show and talk about her contributions to why this company was founded in 2019. But more importantly, use me as a, a legitimate sounding board to put your brands out there, ideas you have out there. If you want your clients interviewed on my on the show, as you can see, I'm a major player in the platform world. I get the biggest talent in the <laughs> I world. I like that word, a show. major player. I'm a major player, man. You know, in, in, uh, in the <laughs> high like game. That. When people start asking me, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, man, I'm a major player in the business. That's what I do. <laughs> there I like you go. That. Come on, Chris. Well, Chris, we talk soon, brother. I appreciate okay, you, man. Okay, man. Really appreciate you, man. And I, I love your talent, man. That, that Fox kid, man. I was sold on when he dropped those tears. And uh, Damien, when he made the Knicks, I said, brother, that's hard work and a lot of blessings, man. So you we keep got winning. real news, man. We got real people in our company, real dudes. So man. next time, so tell your wife, you coming on the show with you, okay? All right. All right. Stay strong, brother. Uh, okay, more, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you want to okay. hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. I'm doing my podcast, I'll call you back. My name is Rita Kay. I am Ellen Bernstein Grodsky. This, this is Call Your Grandmother. What's the matter with you, Ellen? You're laughing. Finish. To... She said to say it quickly. It is a podcast about the relationship between grandmothers and grandchildren. As my mother would have said, Taka. Who wouldn't have wanted a Jewish grandmother? Is there anything from your childhood that you'd say you miss? Yeah, being young. <laughs> you ever see a kid doing jump rope? Never. I see them all the time. What are you talking about? Where? In the park. It's like a girl waiting for a boyfriend. My heart skips beats when she calls me. Sometimes she accidentally live streams. And we're like, who's going to tell her? I'm just hearing about this now. Listen to Call Your Grandmother on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.